Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Sponsored by Yahoo today. And guys, free content up on Osmo.com. We've got the NFL ownership projections. So if you want to see some of the ownerships that Jeff and I are talking about as we go through the show, maybe you have some questions about them, they're free. So go check out the site and you could see those. Good way to see who people are going to be rostering for tomorrow's slate. So Jeff, as per usual, we're going to start with the quarterbacks here. Uh, pretty flat ownership across the board this week. There's not really a whole lot of chalk, some chalk at running back, uh, pretty spread out at, at quarterback. Uh, one thing I'm a little surprised by, there's not more ownership going to Russell Wilson. You know, let Russ Cook looks like it's going to be a real thing this year. He's throwing the ball a ton, putting up a lot of big games. 7,800 in a matchup against the Dolphins. Uh, do you think it's a little bit too expensive for him? Is that why people are off him? Yeah, so... Um... I do think so. I mean, against the Dolphins, I just feel like, you know, getting up obviously to, to 7,800. I mean, the matchup is really good, but um, again, people always looking to pay down at, at, uh, at quarterback. And and again, I mean, uh, this is obviously, you know, $500 more than, than the price we saw him at last week. So maybe it's just, uh, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, we, we've hit like the breaking point with, with Russell Wilson's price here this week. It kind of feels like that, but um, you know, I, I don't really, I'm, I'm just of the believer that like you just, especially with, with NFL being a shortened season, if something's working, like you just keep going back to it. I mean, we saw that with Christian McCaffrey last year, the price kept rising and rising and some people, you know, me, I, I was one of those people. You just, just sometimes just like, us, oh, it's too expensive. I need to jump off now. I, I just, there's no point with the Seahawks. They have no secondary. They're passing at like a five to 6% bigger rate than last year. And, uh, you know, they're getting DK Metcalf more involved downfield. Tyler Lockett's turned into like a stud receiver. I just have no reason to jump off the Seahawks on either side of the ball, like uh, whoever they're playing either. So um, I don't really feel like this is too expensive. Um, I still actually prefer him to Mahomes this week. Uh, and, and the ownership is lower, which is great. So I think more people are going to be taking a look at like Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game. You know, I like that stack too, but you know, there's definitely more risk with with taking Ryan Fitzpatrick over paying up for Russell Wilson. So, I like the. I, I think you should be looking at this as an opportunity with Russell Wilson. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I kind of view this too. I uh, remember a couple of weeks ago we had Patrick Mahomes at almost no ownership, and it wasn't like he was great or anything. But I view these as pretty comparable situations. I think there's a lot of upside for Russell Wilson. The wide receivers are going to be, you know, pretty popular. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think it's worth getting uh, Russell Wilson in the mix, even though the price is expensive, just because there is some value running back this week. And the other thing to consider also is just the field isn't all that high on him. I think his upside is as high as anybody in the league. Uh, the two quarterbacks that are coming in a little bit chalky, and it's all kind of relative. They're uh, Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson projected for 11% ownership. These are the only guys with double-digit ownership. How do you feel about the chalk plays at quarterback this week? So be before we go any further, um, there's like breaking news. So Cam Newton's actually out this week. Uh, okay. he's, on the, wow. he's on the he's on COVID list. Um, this literally just dropped. As, that's why I kind of was kind of a little bit off topic with Russell Wilson. I was just trying <laughs> to confirm it, but um, yeah. So Cam Newton's out. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty insane. Literally just just broke as we were talking. Um, 
you know, Cam Newton, That's, obviously uh, definitely unexpected. Yeah. You can, you can obviously go to the ownership projections on, on awesome. Oh, they're free today. Uh, I forgot you can't put links in the YouTube chat, but I tried to anyways. Um, but uh, he was projecting around uh, six to 7% ownership uh, on the Osmo thing. It's free today. So definitely go to the site, check that out, but that's going to throw a, a huge wrench. I mean, obviously we got other questions here. Like uh, is anyone else on the Patriots going to test positive? But uh, for right now, if it's just cam 6,400, um, you know, at that price point, I think it's only going to bump up to Sean Watson. Uh, who, who was already projecting to be well he was projecting as the the chalkiest play earlier in the week it looks like he's a little bit looks like him and Dak are neck and neck right now but it's probably going to push to Sean Watson to being the chalkiest play of the week so I think that's really interesting uh I kind of like the spot for Cam uh, you know going up against KC KC's defense I think is a little bit underrated but still I, I just like what the Patriots have done so much with Cam in that offense that I thought it was an interesting spot uh, obviously we don't have to worry about that today so um, lots to talk about it with quarterback right now. Um, you know, as far as Watson goes, I think this is a really good spot for Will Fuller. And if I like Will Fuller, um, I kind of have to think that Deshaun Watson's going to have at least a decent day. So it, it's hard for me to, to say, like, you know, fade the chalk with Watson. But for, I think for GPPs, I, I do kind of think it's an okay fade spot. Like, Deshaun Watson hasn't played that good this year. Um, I'm still not sold, even though I like Fuller that, you know, I, I, this is a Houston offense that you want to trust even in bad matchups. I mean, I want to see them do it once before I eat the chalk with with all these Houston players. So I think going with like a one-off with Fuller is fine, but I, I'm probably going to be a fade on, on Deshaun Watson uh, I, and, and GPPs, and, and especially maybe even more so with this Cam News because the, the, the ownership is just going to get bumped so far up now, I think. I know it's still pretty spread in quarterbacks, but... Um, you know, with, with Wilson in play, you've got Fitzpatrick on the other side. You've got this New Orleans-Detroit game, which I have some interest in, and, and like a lower-owned Josh Allen. I'll probably be a, a fade on Deshaun Watson, big GPPs anyways. Uh, all right, so I, I was just looking up, trying to figure out what the price was on Jared Stidham now. So I know, obviously, we didn't prepare for this news before we came out. And, and of course, now, I guess the whole game might be at a little bit of risk just on what we've seen so far. But assuming that nothing else happens and the game goes, Jared Stidham priced all the way down at 4,800. This is, you know, definitely the cheapest price we've had for a quarterback so far this year. Uh, I haven't put too much thought into it, um, but Stidham at 4,800, just based on a price play, I think kind of makes sense because, I mean, we, we look at we look at this matchup against the Chiefs. They're going to score a ton of points. There's, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, it, it seems that no matter who Kansas City plays this year, their offense is going to put up at least 25 or so points. The Patriots are going to have to are good enough to put points up on the board to keep up. So Stidham at 4,800, are you going to have interest in him? Because my initial reaction is, yes, I will. Yeah, it's something I'm going to have to think about. And look, to give you some background, Jared Stidham, if you're like, you know, just a little bit, you know, you're, you just don't have that much background on him or you're just not sure. I mean, um, he, he can run a little bit too. Like he's an athlete. Um, I think he he's ran around a 4.640. I know the Patriots used him like a, a little bit like that in the preseason uh, when they were working him in. So I think they might try and do some of the same stuff with Stidham that they did with Cam. Now, don't expect him to take 15 rushes, but, you know, I think he'll he'll probably do some work on the ground in this game. Um, I, I was one of the proponents, like, preseason, you know, before the Cam news kind of hit that, you know, don't be shocked if, if Stidham's better than you think. Um, there's a reason the Patriots kept this guy around. He was better than his numbers appeared in college, in my opinion. So, and he's been with the Patriots for two years now. I think that's I think that's significant. So, yeah, um, 
it's it's really interesting. Assuming we get this game and then nothing else crazy happens and Stidham starts, uh, it's he's definitely in play in my opinion. Um, I, I do think there'll be some rushing potential here. Yeah, that was uh, definitely unexpected that we're two minutes into the show and all of a sudden we got news. I thought the news was going to be that Joe Mixon was listed questionable five minutes before we started, and then and then Cam Newton gets ruled out. Yeah, no, I only drop bombs, Greg. I don't I don't <laughs> drop little stuff like these questionable things. But uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So um, obviously we'll keep on the, the lookout uh, if there's any more stuff. But uh, yeah, and, and Josh is right here in the chat. It isn't a lock that Stidham even starts. Like it could be Hoyer. So um, who knows. Yeah, I mean, I assume it's yeah, I assume it's going to be Stidham, but that, that's true. Also, who who knows? Yeah. Um, it's the Pats, right? But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> at, at least at least the sportsbook odds going into the year was Newton as the favorite to be the starting quarterback, then Stidham was second, and then Hoyer was like twenty to one or something like that. So just based on that, and, before we and realistically, it. with the, the offense they've been running, like Stidham, they can do more of the same with Stidham. So um, it, it, again, they might. It's the Pats. They might just be like, oh, we got to get the veteran in there, but. I would like to see Stidham. I would really like to see him start. It would be way more interesting for DFS. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't touch Brian Hoyer if he starts. Uh, I, you guys probably don't need me to, to hear, hear me say that. But, um, yeah, I mean, like the Chiefs minus 6.5 are looking pretty good if that's still on the board. <laughs> but, um, yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, I think the biggest thing for DFS is to take away just initial thoughts. Deshaun Watson ownership should go up which maybe makes like, like a Jared Goff, you know, the Rams do have the biggest implied team total on the slate, a little more interesting. Um, I think going down, you know, Joe Burrow might be a good pivot to off that. So, um, and, and like I said, I like, I like Matt Stafford this week as, as we kind of round out quarterbacks here, the, the, the saints are they're without Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Latimer now, man. I mean, this is a really good spot for, for the, the lions offense. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to run Adrian Peterson much, but Galladay now with, with no true number one, you, you got TJ Hawkinson, the, the Saints have been bad against tight ends. I really like Matt Stafford and GPPs. Definitely want a Lions stack, so. Uh, I'm just reading the Patriots put out a statement. Uh, last night we received notice that a Patriots player tested positive for COVID-19. Player immediately entered self-quarantine. Several additional players, coaches, and staff have been in close contact with the player received point of care test this morning and all were negative for COVID-19. Uh, so that is at least something to be a little bit concerned yeah. about and keep an eye on. Uh, but we also don't have to lock in our rosters at uh, Saturday at 11.15 a.m. So a little bit of time for more news. Uh, one thing I find really interesting looking at the ownership projections here, Lamar Jackson, 8,100 projected for 1% ownership tomorrow. I have to think that number goes up. There, how is Lamar Jackson going to be 1% owned against Washington? Yeah. Chase Young not there. And I get that Washington's front seven has looked really good this year, but a, a lot of that was because of Chase Young. He's out with a groin injury. Uh, kind of seems week to week right now. We don't know when he's coming back. Uh, Lamar Jackson did not look good at all against the Chiefs, so there's certainly going to be some recency bias there. He's always going to have the rushing upside. Uh, maybe the one little bit of concern I have here is how much regression do we expect from Lamar Jackson this year from last year? Yeah, it's an interesting question, man. I mean, this should be a, a killer spot. I mean, we have if we had him on this this kind of matchup from last year, right? I mean, he'd probably be projecting to be the highest owned. Like if this was like week 12 last year against Washington, um, he'd be up there. I mean, people were were okay paying this price for Lamar Jackson at this point last year, right? So now you're getting the same kind of matchup and the same kind of price, and no one wants a piece of it. This is kind of similar to what I said with Fuller. Like, I'd like Mark Andrews for a bounce back in this matchup, too. I mean, uh, the Washington has been terrible against guarding its tight ends. Um, 
I just feel like people are a little bit, you know, they're, they're sold in the fact maybe now that, that Lamar is regressing after that one bad game. And it it, it is tough. I mean, it, it's, this is like one of those situations where it's tough to, to separate reality and, and DFS because reality. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Lamar Jackson can't step up in big games. DFS wise, who cares if he doesn't step up in, in big games because this isn't a big game. It's Washington. Right. So, you know, he's smashed these kind of spots throughout the last year and a half. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of, my only argument is, you know, it is a big salary, right? But this is kind of like what we saw with uh, Christian McCaffrey last year. I mean, paying up for, for McCaffrey was fine. So I really like Mark Andrews in this spot. And, and as, you know, again, as uh, if I like Mark Andrews, then, I mean, I kind of have to think like Lamar Jackson could just have a monster day too. I do feel like J.K. Dobbins might get involved here and, and they might try and run him a little bit. So Maybe that takes a little bit of a sting away and maybe they just try and make things simple for Lamar. But this is really a spot where if you're the Ravens, you've got to think like we got to get Lamar back on track. Let's get some confidence going with our tight end, our best targets. So yeah, I, it's, I know 1%. I've kind of, I've kind of had trouble wrapping my brain around it because I want to get exposure to it. But at the same time, I like playing cheap quarterbacks. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anyone like taking a shot at him in GPP. It's, it, it could be one of those like 40 to eight games where he just ends up with 30 points. So. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a thing where I was looking at, at ownership and the updated numbers this morning. And I thought I was just looking at something wrong. Cause I was like, Oh, Lamar Jackson. And it's not to say that earlier in the week, I was looking at him thinking like, Oh, he's some great player or anything. I was looking at that's pretty expensive for Lamar Jackson, 8,100. He didn't play well last week. I was thinking, I yeah. guess I prefer Russell Wilson. And then yeah. I looked at the ownership and I was like, well, I guess, I guess I might as well end up playing, you know, four to five percent of Lamar Jackson this week, because then I end up being way over the field. And I, I think that's the thing, right? Like you said, Russell Wilson and, and Dak Prescott, they're off to such hard, hot starts where the the narrative is like these guys are must plays. They're going to throw for 400 yards every week. And I mean, right now, that narrative is like playing out exactly how how we expected. But at some point, I mean, you know, they're going to have muted weeks, too. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, if he throws in like a hundred yard rushing week on, on the same time that happens, then, you know, it, it's going to switch back. So um, 1% Lamar, again, it's, it's almost, it doesn't even matter like what I say about the spot or the matchup. It's almost like you just have to get exposure because of leverage at that point. So um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. We'll see if this cam news bumps his ownership projections up a bit. And, you know, maybe as we get into Sunday, Lamar will be like five or 6% owned or projected to be. Um, I could see that happening too. It does happen a lot. There is, I mean, again, if you, you, the free ownership projections are available over at Osmo.com today, so check that out. But, um, you know, th these will switch a little bit as we go into Sunday morning. So, All right, guys. Today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features for those looking to play multiple lineups. Make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy, the sponsor of our program. So, now we get into the running backs. And like I said, right before we started the show, Joe Mixon went from not being on the injury reports all of a sudden being questionable. They said that he is expected to play this week, so probably more on the probable side, but obviously that's an injury listing that doesn't exist in the NFL anymore. You're either questionable or, or not listed. Uh, so with that in mind, let, let's just assume for the sake of value, if he's out, is it a, Gio, is it a Giovanni Bernard week? I, I really don't think it is. Um, I mean, like Gio is, he's just, he's what he is. Like he's a really limited passing back. Um, I don't even think he'll get, uh, you know, if, um, if Mixon sits, I kind of expect uh, the Bengals to get uh, Trayvon Williams involved and Trayvon Williams is, is a pretty good, good prospect. So 
Um, you know, I, I think he'll at the very least take some early down work away from Gio. I don't think Gio is a guy you march out there as your your only back. Uh, if you do, I think that's that's just like a recipe for disaster for your offense. So um, I, I don't really have any interest in Gio. I mean, I, I, even if it, even if it does come out and they're like, oh, we're not even going to activate or or Trayvon Williams isn't going to play much. It's going to be the whole Gio show. Maybe then I'd, I'd have some interest, but it is Jacksonville. I, I just, he's got limited upside. Like he really needs, he'll need like eight targets to get there. I think so even at 4,400, um, I, I think Gio just needs a monster workload. And I'm just not convinced that that's what the Bengals are going to do. I think they'll expand his role like a tiny bit, give him a little bit more early down work. But like I said, Trayvon Williams is, is a pretty solid prospect most people just don't know who he is because he's playing behind Joe Mixon all the time. So um, if, if he's activated, uh, I, I I just can't see Gio getting the big workload. So again, this one comes down to a bit what the team tells me, but um, uh, if Gio gets up there, even like 10% ownership, I'll fade him. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, like you said, without knowing what the ownership is, I mean, 4,400 just as a per dollar play. Uh, I, I think that he does make sense just for the PPR points. Cause I mean, he does have that potential. You said that you think he needs to get eight receptions. I don't think that's impossible, though. So, uh, especially because I know it's a matchup against True. the Jaguars, but but the Bengals stink also. I mean, there's there's definitely a chance that they're that they're trailing in this game and they're going to have to you know be thrown to keep up in the fourth quarter. And if that's the case, Bernard does have a lot of upside. Um, also, like I said, the price of forty four hundred, maybe not my favorite play on the slate, but he's a guy I'd have some exposure here's, to. Here's a question you, for you. Here's a question yeah. for you then. Who would you rather play, Gio Bernard, assuming, you know, obviously Mixon would have to be out, or Hunter Renfro at 4,600 in a flex? Uh, I'd probably rather play Bernard personally. Okay. I think it's uh, close. I think for GPPs, I'd rather go Renfro. But. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into this when we talk about the tight end position also. I, I think that Darren Waller's a, a decent play this week. Yeah, and oh, for sure, it's, yeah. it's it's just going to be hard for me to make a lot of lineups with Renfro when I'm going to have a lot of exposure to Darren Waller. So th that's part of my thought process there also. Okay. I, like, I definitely like Gio for cash games. I mean, if, if Mixon's out, that, that look, I mean, obviously I'm talking DFS, you know, GPP strategy and, and stuff, and I'm just not convinced that Gio's upside is maybe that good, but for cash games, that would probably be uh, almost a near lock. So. so now we talk about the chalk of the week, Alvin Kamara. The only player on the slate projected to be over 30% owned on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Michael Thomas expected to sit another game, so it makes a lot of sense. Alvin Kamara's role without Michael Thomas, there's been massive. He's been really involved in the pass game. He's been really involved in the run game. The other thing, too, that's really bumped up his role is that Drew Brees is looking very washed so far this year. Yeah. And without him really being able to get the ball downfield, he's just dumping the ball off to Kamara. So Kamara's targets are up, his receptions are up, and then he's also just playing really well in general. Uh, I, I know the ownership's really high. It's tough for me to not eat the chalk on Kamara just because I perceive him to not only have a really high ceiling, but the floor is really high. It's just hard to imagine him really busting at at his current workload. The other thing, too, is there's no McCaffrey or anything to pay up for. And with the way Kamara's played over the last couple of weeks, I think you can make a case that he should be in that McCaffrey price range. Absolutely. <laughs> the price is too low on Alvin Kamara right now. And, and just to add to all that, like he looks better. I mean, he's playing, I think he's playing better than last year. So again, that's, that's a little bit of a statistical thing, just a little bit of an eye thing, but you know, there, there were times last year where he just didn't look that explosive. Like he looks a little bit more patient now, um, just running a little bit better. Obviously he's getting, uh, you know, massive targets here by, by Drew Brees. Like you said, uh, I don't think Brees has any other option, but to, to kind of target Kamara as his primary receiver. Um, with with Mike Thomas out, he, he can't hit that over you know ten yard easy slant anymore because um, he doesn't want to work downfield. So 
What else are the the Saints going to do in this game? I think New Orleans is in real trouble in this game, just just from a, a matchup perspective too. So I I think like even if Kamara gets stuffed on the ground, how is he not going to get like twelve targets? I I mean uh, unless Detroit would really just have to blow it, and then you know it would have to be like a muted game. There's just it's hard for me to to picture a scenario where Kamara just gets shut out and doesn't end up with at least paying off with a massive PPR day. It, it's really hard to imagine. And then obviously there's also a scenario where he just goes crazy where, you know, he, he ends up uh, being able to get some big chunks again against uh, Detroit and gets into the end zone like multiple times. So it, it's one of those situations. Like I, I generally try and find ways to fade these big guys and, and often to my detriment, there's no way I'm not getting a piece of them. Uh, I, I, told, I I already kind of showed my hand that I like the Stafford stack to targeting this the Saints secondary. I love just pairing them with Kamara too, because you're getting the lower ownership on Stafford. You can you can get some low owned plays like Marvin Jones to pair them with. It's a great way to mix in the Kamara ch- chalk in, in your GPP lineups, in my opinion. Um just attack this game. We've seen the Saints getting games like this a lot over the last couple of years. I remember that they've gotten a game with the Giants where they scored like 50 points and um, with their defense beat up, I, I just think this game has a lot of potential for for a, a big like you know, we could see 80 points in this game. So I, I really like stacking here and definitely not going to put anyone off Kamara. Even in, even in GPPs, I, I think he's a guy you want to mix in. He's just too cheap. I mean, I talked about yeah. the target share. 14 targets last week and the two weeks before, nine targets, eight targets. They, they just don't have any other offense there without Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, he, he basically kind of only throws to a few guys over the last couple of years. And it's it's been Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Jared Cook. And without Thomas there, there's just so many targets available. So it's it's really hard for me to get off Kamara, regardless of the of the of the ownership. He's probably going to be my highest owned player this week, unless something crazy happens that's unexpected. Which hey, we, we've seen plenty of crazy things unexpected happen so far this yeah. year. Uh, but yeah, I definitely love Kamara this week. Uh, one more thing before we go on, guys, do us a favor, hit the thumbs up button right underneath the video. That would be really helpful. We've got about 40 likes now and a few hundred people watching. So get those numbers up um what's your take on mike davis this week because i i was really surprised how low his ownership came in last week i thought that he was one of the best plays on the slate and uh that was definitely one of the things that got right last week is that he's kind of playing that christian mccaffrey role he's uh not getting quite as many targets as alvin Kamara, but it's not that far behind mike davis is very involved in the pass game right now the panthers are terrible so they have to throw the ball to keep up in, in the later going and the last couple of weeks uh, uh, eight targets in each of them for Mike Davis. So 5,700 against the Cardinals. And we consider the pace that Arizona plays at. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be another spot where we see eight to 12 targets for Mike Davis. 5,700 is too cheap and the ownership isn't crazy high. What do you think of him? It's not crazy high. He is, he is up there to the third uh, highest zone, but you're right. Like, I mean, even, even over 20%, it's not, it's not like obviously like Uber chalk or anything like that. So it's still chalk that, you know, and especially his price, it's, it's not that big a deal. So, um, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get like, I, I missed Mike Davis last week. I, I admit it. And, and, and low on Mike Davis, who's a fantastic play. I agree. I don't think that, you know, especially looking at that matchup with the chargers, I don't think that Carolina had much other option on, on offense than to just, you know, use Mike Davis relentlessly. It could work out again that week. I am not, eating the like a 20% on Mike Davis though. Like I, I'm just not, it, it's, it's a little bit of the player and my own biases working in, but you know, at this price range, we've got a lot of different options. Like uh, if, if Daryl Henderson at 5,800 is going to be like four times lesser owned, 
And and again, the Rams have like a, a 30 point team total. I'm taking Daryl Henderson all, all day. I don't care. And again, this is, this is pure GPP strategy. Um, but uh, I, I think Daryl Henderson, you know, even if he gets, you know, half the targets, he could make those targets, uh, you know, work out to his advantage. And again, I, I think that Mike Davis, he's a fairly limited back. Like he, he's probably better than most people realize, but he's not really someone who's going to get you chunk yards. So if, if the targets somehow dry up even a little, um, this, this really just spells like, you know, 70 yards and, and the Arizona defense played pretty good. So I think this is a good fade spot I, I, for a couple of reasons. Again, I mentioned Henderson, but I think, I just think there's good pivot options. Kenyon Drake on the other side, um, now his ownership is slashed, right? I mean, we look, this is still the same Arizona rushing offense. They're, they're top 10 in rush plays per game. We saw what Drake did towards the end of last year. I, the, the, they'll have a big game on the ground at some point. And yes, um, you know, he's, he's losing rushes to Kyler Murray. Chase Edmonds is involved a little bit. He's still playing 70% of the snaps. I'm, I'm giving Kenyon Drake one more week here. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the lower ownership and, and go to the other side and, and probably just fade Mike Davis. Um, again, if you're talking like a cash game play between these two, Mike Davis is probably the play. For me, though, I think the better play is go heavier on Kenyon Drake, who's now the lower sentiment, and uh, and fade Mike Davis for GPPs. How about this though? If 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 Kenyon Drake fails this week, off him off him for a little while because I mean, if there's if there's any spot he's going to succeed, and this has to be the one, right? This definitely is is like the Waterloo for Kenyon Drake. I mean, like if he can't get going against Carolina. Um, yeah, it's it's trouble. So I mean, obviously Carolina has been absolutely terrible as a rush defense, and that that's part that that falls into this play, right? I mean, Kenyon Drake was like twenty seven percent owned last week, and now his ownership is almost halved versus the worst rush defense in the league, or one of like with the top three worst. So I, I just feel like I have to take advantage of the spot. Um, again, the the targets with Mike Davis and, and the targets lack of targets with Drake, obviously a thing, but. This is this is kind of what you this is kind of how I play GPPs, man. I mean, I, you you know you, you take advantage of the matchups and the lower sentiment, and you know if Drake goes off, his upside to me is so much bigger in the spot that uh, I'll 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 take a shot here um, and and see what happens. So and then again, it comes down to the player type too. I'm just not going to eat a chalky my Davis. So fair enough. Uh, so getting down to some more running back injuries, there's a bunch of them this week. Chris Carson, obviously, pretty brutal looking knee injury last week on a pretty dirty play uh yeah. with that said ended up getting full practice in on friday i assume there was almost no chance he played this week but now uh it's trending towards a chance that he plays a matchup against the dolphins pretty favorable game script uh so so let's say this if chris carson plays do you have any interest in him if he's out how would you feel about carlos hyde When I first like, I have shares of Carlos Hyde in best ball. And I was kind of excited, but you know, the, the more I've, I've watched, pretty, I've watched every snap of, of the Seahawks game so far, and I just don't think like the run game just isn't really doing much. So um, I think if Carson pays off in this spot, and I do think Carson's going to play, um, you know, he he apparently got on a really solid practice on Friday. Um, as bad as the knee injury looked, it, it was just a sprain. So if it was it's not that bad a sprain, then it's it's probably going to be fine. Um, I think I think you just keep playing the the pass game. Um, I'm not. I'm probably not going to have go there with Carlos Hyde if, if for some reason Carson does end up sitting and they want to rest him. Uh, Hyde's actually a little bit banged up as well. You know, Travis Homer is getting worked in. Uh, I I could see him being the play this week if if uh, Carson sits and and you know there's a little bit of talk that DJ Dallas might get activated here and, and mix in. So I don't think that if Carson sits, Hyde is you just pencil him in for 80 percent of the snaps. 
I don't really think Hyde's snaps are going to go up that much if Carson sits, to be honest. Um, I, I think they like the workload they've got Carlos Hyde in. He's been effective as like a 12-touch player. I don't think they're looking to, to just give him like 25 touches. So I'd be really careful with that. Definitely Carson, if he plays, could be could be interesting because everyone wants to target this game and Carson's going to have like 2% ownership. That play is interesting to me. He's been a pretty good receiver too. So maybe he pops up with like seven or eight catches. Um, th that is in his arsenal. Like that 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 has happened. So I, I don't mind mixing him in with like a Russell Wilson stack or something. Maybe play, play him and lock it. And, and the, you know, the RB wide receiver QB stack is definitely worked out for me in GPPs a lot in the past. Um, but that's kind of the only interest I have in Chris Carson just as part of like a, a Russell Wilson set. Yeah, I think one thing you said there is pretty interesting is that we have so many more pass catching running backs in the league now than there was in previous years. And that's a lot more part of a game plan of a lot of teams than it's been in, in the past. So I, 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 with you, I've been making a lot more quarterback running back stacks than I have been in the past. I, I was for a long time. I, I didn't even make those lineups. It was just, I made yeah. quarterback wide receiver tight end stacks and ran it back with either a running back or, or a wide out from the other team. And uh, yeah, I, I think that we could view a lot of these running backs as almost like wide receivers now with just some of the roles they're playing in, pass, in the passing game, especially when we look at somebody like Kamara getting 14 targets last week. So I, I do like that call. I think if Carson plays, no restrictions or anything, that, that he does make sense is what's probably going to be a pretty low-owned stack with Russell Wilson. Uh, one more cheap running back play here, who I'm pretty surprised isn't picking up more ownership because he was getting hyped a decent amount in the offseason. That's Ronald Jones. And we have uh, Leonard Fournette is out this week. He's dealing with an ankle injury. I assumed that Ronald Jones at, at 4,700 was going to end up being a really popular play when that Fournette news first came out. Uh, not the case. He's only projected for 12% ownership. At 4,700, that, that's a really favorable price tag and ownership. Uh, how do you feel about Ronald Jones? And do you think we're actually going to see him get the lion's share of the work this weekend? Look, Bruce Arians will probably mix in LaShawn McCoy, but I think you'll get enough from Ronald Jones that he definitely makes sense here. And I agree. Um, you know, in, in this range, um, in this range, there's not like an overly play here where an overly chalky play where you just, you know, everyone's like going to go to the same person. It feels very spread out. And uh, maybe the Fournette news just came late in the week and, and people just aren't that interested or, or they're just giving too much respect to the the chargers i think kind of part of it is everyone was thinking that this tampa bay offense was just going to be putting up like 50 points every week and they've kind of fizzled in that regard so people just aren't really thinking about them much and then you've got the slower paced matchup against the chargers but realistically like how you want to attack the chargers is off on the ground i mean they weren't a good rush defense last year um you know that last week they, they allowed a ton of catches to, to mike davis uh, they, they've been pretty solid. Uh, they've definitely been better as a rush defense uh, this year, but I don't mind it at all. I mean, I think in this range, like I know I brought up Renfro at 4,600, but there's no, there's no like solid, uh, you know, back that you have to own. I think maybe if, if obviously Mixon sits, I think a lot of people go to Geo, but that kind of just bumps up Jones's appeal to me more. I mean, he's going to be in the same kind of role. And on a better offense, right? So I, I like it. I, I think he'll be fine. Um, you'll see LaShawn McCoy out there, I have no doubt. But I'm not afraid of LaShawn McCoy taking a few touches. It's not like he's going to bust a 60-yard run at this point or something. So um, definitely interested in in, um, in Ronald Jones. I think there's a few – I think there's some really interesting players kind of going overlooked in this range. Ronald Jones is definitely one of them. I mentioned Renfro. Um, but, you know, like Marvin Jones as well. So 
I like this range. Uh, I, I really do. Like, especially for your flex options. Um, I think there's a ton of upside. You go to Preston Williams at 4,500. Obviously we're going off position here now, but um, you know, Ronald Jones is mixed in there. He's definitely the running back for me in this range. I'm not playing Burkhead again. I'm not chasing points there or anything, you know, Hines, no thanks. So absolutely. Like um, we'll see if, if Ronald Jones gets a little bit chalky, but he's not going to go from like whatever he's at now to like 15%. So you're going to get a pretty low in Ronald Jones this week. Uh, any other running backs you want to hit on before we move to wideouts? No, I uh, got uh, Henderson in there. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe Devin Singletary. That's the other spot, right? Like Zach Moss is questionable. Singletary got like 20 touches last week. Probably should have had a touchdown. Like if Singletary gets into the end zone last week, I think you, you would have seen him projecting to be a lot higher owned. As it stands now, he's not even projecting for... Wait. He's not projecting for much. Part of the reason also is because Zach Moss is still questionable. Yeah, he's so, still questionable. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that would change if Moss is ruled out. Absolutely. It's going to change. Like he's, like right now, he's projecting for like 2 or 3%. I think most people are expecting Moss to play, but he's, he's definitely questionable. Like Moss only got into limited practice. So I think that'll change. It's a late game too, though. So I, I think you, got, you have a chance that if you take a, a chance with Singletary, leave him in your flex, and then like we don't get the Moss news until late, and he sits, you could definitely have a chance to get like a 5% owned Devin Singletary, which I, I'm very interested in. Raiders rush defense has been pretty bad right now. And if you're giving me Devin Singletary 20 touches, again, it's kind of like the Kenyon Drake play, but at some point he will get into the end zone and, and get, you know, convert these red zone touches. And it's not going to be Josh Allen every single week. So um, I definitely have some interest in Devin Singletary here. All right, so moving over to wide receivers now. The the biggest news as far as wide receivers are concerned, and what I thought was going to be the biggest news of the day when we were coming into the the we were coming to the show is DeAndre Hopkins listed questionable and didn't practice at all this week, uh, and then we get Joe Mixon breaking news, and there's Cam Newton yeah. breaking news. The Hopkins news very substantial still for DFS, but I can't believe that we got more significant news as as the show was going on than Hopkins being listed questionable. So. Let's let's talk about a couple scenarios here. First, if if Hopkins plays, any interest in rostering him? I mean, it's one of those weeks where with with so many injuries and, and value opening up, you can fit him in easily. Um, the matchup, obviously, you don't have to worry about. But I, I just I I'm kind of sold on this just being like the breakout spot for Kenyon Drake. So it it for me, I'm I'm just going to play Drake, and and that's it. And I'm living and dying with that for the Cardinals. I see this as a spot where Kyler Murray threw three interceptions last week. The Cardinals probably going to dial up just a couple more run plays. And even if Hopkins plays, Hopkins does have a really good record of playing through injuries, like and, and playing well through injuries, right? So if he if he starts, I don't think you have to be as fearful of that as you do with other players. But it's still a spot where you know I you probably if you're going to pay up for one of Hopkins and Kamara, I mean. It's really just, uh, it's a spot where unless I'm making a hundred lineups and I just want to get some low owned exposure. And again, maybe I'm making like some fade Camaro lineups, then I'll put Hopkins in those. But other than that, he's not a player I'm going to be targeting here. I think the game script here is Arizona runs the ball. Um, their defense takes over a little bit and, um, you know, they, they try and pass a little bit less just to, to hide the mistakes from last week. So that's the, that's the game script I'm playing. It's obviously, I mean, it's the NFL, anything can happen here. So um, but that that's kind of my, my take on Hopkins. He would just be a play I would mix in um, to get some leverage in, like, if I'm playing, like, 100 lineups or something. 
He's not the only Cardinals wide receiver that's hurt either. We've also yeah. got Christian Kirk. He's questionable to play. If they're both out, now I know somebody who I think you have interest in because you've talked about him in the past. I have him in a dynasty league that we're in together. You offered me a trade for him the other day. So Andy Isabella at 4,500. After you sent me a trade for him, is it safe to assume that you like Andy Isabella this week? Yeah, no. I mean, look, uh, Isabella kind of saved me in the, in a couple lineups last week. I ended up going with him over Curtis Samuel at a low price. So um, you saw, you see the potential. I mean, this dude is, he's, he makes plays, man. I mean, they, they need to get him more involved. He could, and it could easily happen again. Um, I, I didn't throw him in my basket of plays down there in this range, but he's just another player. Um, you know, again, you, you you'll at least will get early injury news on the, the Cardinals wide receivers. So he'll be an easier one to make decisions on, but this could easily be, you know, Isabella scoring two touchdowns last. He played like 40% of the snaps. Like this dude is getting no, no volume and he's just still producing. So it's very much like, uh, I, I don't remember if you, do you remember Anton Smith from, from the, from the Falcons when, when he had that run where he scored like a touchdown, like six straight weeks of 20 yards or more. And he got like two touches a game. I don't remember that. Okay, well, I'll I mean, take your word you, for it. <laughs> if you remember Anton Smith, this is very much an Anton Smith situation. And Isabel is a similar type player, you know, four, three guy. He just does not need, need many touches, but now we might get in a situation where the Cardinals have no choice, but to put him out there for 80% of the snaps. So um, I, you know, you could see a hundred yard bonus here pop in. Uh, I know I did mention the fact that I, I think Arizona is going to go to more run heavy, but Isabel is just the type of player where, just doesn't need that many targets anyways. So he's like a perfect um, GPP option down here. Again, you're, you're going to want news. I, I definitely want to hear that Christian Kirk is out. Um, you know, Hopkins playing wouldn't, wouldn't put me off him as much. But, um, you know, the, the only thing I'd say is Cliff Kingsbury might find a way to screw this up again and just like only play him 30, 40% of the snaps. He's, he's, there's been some chatter that he wants to get Larry Fitzgerald more targets for whatever reason. Um, so you could see a lean there. But, you know, Isabella, again, this this could work out in so many ways that he he's definitely in play. Um, you just have to wait for the the obviously who's out and who's not. Uh, quick update from Jay Glazer. He says no guarantee that the Pats Chiefs game tomorrow will be played as planned. Discussions happening right now on how to handle. So right now it does seem like the game is very much up in the air. So yeah. uh, something that obviously we're gonna need updates on tomorrow. Uh, one thing that really stands it. out from that. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just gonna uh, say, I could see them pushing it to Monday, maybe or something. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Or or the NFL trying to trying to uh, trying to cash in on the situation. They they set up that Tuesday night game that they've been trying to get yeah, in. No kidding. So so that that's also a possibility. Uh, here's something that really stands out to me about the wide receivers this week, and it's it's hard it's hard not to look at and, and really have it something that catches your attention. DJ Moore project for 26 percent ownership, by far the highest of any wide receiver this week. I mean, I think DJ Moore is an okay play. I do not understand the ownership at all. Teddy Bridgewater has looked okay as starting quarterback, but it's not like he's, you know, putting up any any sort of Pro Bowl numbers. DJ Moore is single-digit fantasy points in two of the first three games of the season. How is his ownership this high? Because I, I just can't I can't wrap my head around it. I have no idea, Craig. I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, uh, I'm with you. Like, he's a nice player, but his quarterback is throwing – all his passes to running backs. Um, he doesn't really want to go downfield and he's not really getting the time to, I think this is a, I think it's a couple things. I mean, I think people still have this like really negative um, thought process on the, the Arizona defense. Um, you know, again, it's maybe it's not like an elite unit, but they've definitely improved, you know, like Patrick Peterson being healthy is, is huge for there. 
Um, and, and again, I'm not necessarily saying that they're just going to go and shut down DJ Moore, but you know, they've done a pretty good job so far um, uh, limiting the wide receivers here. And, and to the point where I'm not sure this is what, like uh, the spot you want to target for, for your wide receivers, at least not on a team like Carolina, who, you know, they, they've, they've had, they've made some big plays, but it's the big plays that the wide receivers have been, have been mostly just broken plays kind of like just, you know, I don't want to say fluke plays, but you know, just long, long runs. So it hasn't really been Teddy Bridgewater airing it out. I don't really know why that would change this week. Why all of a sudden they're just going to start airing it out to DJ Moore. Um, the one time he did get, you know, whatever the big target game, it was against Tampa Bay. They were down late. Um, you know, that scenario could work out. And I guess people are just banking on that scenario working out again. Um, I, I, but like the, the ownership is insane. Like the, the, it's not, it's not that good a spot. And, and realistically, it just comes down to the connection with him and, and Bridgewater just hasn't been good enough. And uh, Carolina isn't really focusing all their efforts on getting into the wide receivers that I want to play this at all. It's, it's one of those things where I just looked at the ownership projections this week. It was like DJ Moore's the highest owned, laughed a little and just like crossed them off. Like that, that's all the thought process that went into it for me. It's a really easy fade spot. Hit four targets last week. So it's not even like he's guaranteed to get a lot of volume. Uh, yeah, I mean, if DJ Moore was a guy who was, you know, getting like 10%, 8% ownership, then be like, yeah, he's a fine play. He's good for stacks. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a ridiculously high sure ownership. Someone it, on Carolina will get like 10 plus targets, but there's literally four people who could get those 10 plus targets. And one of the, it, it easily could be like, you know, there's like a 30% chance that it's DJ Moore. Do you want to take that kind of ownership on a guy who's maybe only 30% to get 10 plus targets? Like, I don't, so... Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of good wide receiver plays, it looks like, in the mid-range this yeah. week. Um, I think one spot that's also pretty important to talk about, Tyler Lockett versus DK Metcalf. Uh, they've both been incredible to start the year. You know what DK Metcalf's season is kind of starting to remind me of is, remember the Tyree Kill breakout, where Tyree Kill was not really getting that many targets, but it seemed every single time he touched the ball, he made a big play. And then there was a situation we had to consider every week is like, all right, is Tyreek Hill going to score a long touchdown this week or not? Because you look at him only getting a handful of targets, like, all right, he really needs that long touchdown. And then what happened is he just kept scoring that long touchdown, and then it was happening everywhere. It was Even if he wasn't catching a touchdown pass, he had like an 85-yard punt return. And then eventually what happened is the Chiefs were like, hey, we have to give this guy, you know, 10 targets every game. That's kind of where I think DK Metcalf is, is heading towards. The issue I have with him right now is it's so hard to project him really well at a 6,800 price tag when he's not getting those targets. So I'm kind of stuck in between is DK Metcalf going to get more targets or is he just going to be a really volatile play? Because if he's going to get five, six targets every week, it's hard for him to, it's hard to expect him to, you know, break a 70 yard touchdown every single week. So where do you stand on Lockett versus Metcalf? So I agree with that comparison. The, the only other thing I'd add though, is the chiefs didn't have a Tyler Lockett, right? I guess they had Travis Kelsey. So maybe they did have a Tyler Lockett in a yeah. way, but <laughs> Um, Tyler Lockett is, is going to take all that underneath stuff. He's going to be the dude like that, that, that Russell Wilson looks for in crunch time. So Metcalf could, like, he, he's still pretty limited. I mean, I, again, I, I've definitely like watched every second of the Seahawks and they're not really using Metcalf except for like downfield plays and the odd, you know, kind of just out route on, on the, to the, to the sidelines. So, and he's not really that great on anything other than the deep plays. Like, you know, I saw him drop a slant over the middle last week. He's still limited in what he can do. So 
maybe there will come a game where he gets like 12 targets and he just like finally starts making all these catches and, and he gains Russell Wilson's trust and Pete Carroll starts dying on more plays for him or who's ever calling, you know, uh, Schottenheimer. So, but I, I don't think that time is necessarily coming anytime, like relatively soon. I think he's going to be stuck on six to eight targets and I don't want to say you've been lucky, but like, I, like I, I stacked him last week and I was really sweating and I was like, wow, I made a bad choice here. Um, to, to not just go 100% lock it. But then he caught the long touchdown at the end and, and we're kind of saved. At some point, that will not happen. I, even though, it, like, we we're just talking about Isabella happening all the time and, and Tyree Kill, but it, it's a little scary. So, you know, just realize what you're getting at Metcalf. I don't think his, his route tree or his targeting is going to go necessarily crazy anytime in the near future. Um, I still think Lockett is the guy you've got to lock in in this game. But if you're stacking Russell Wilson, yeah, you can play both of them. Like, it's not like you have to do a complete DK Metcalf fade. It's just, if you're asking me straight up, who am I playing here? It's 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 Tyler Lockett. I mean, again, you know, the, the Dolphins secondary beat up. They have one of the worst slot corners in the league here. There's no reason to just think that this is going to switch and they're just not, not going to throw to Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett, you know, we, we mentioned Alvin Kamara being underpriced. I think Tyler Lockett is underpriced. I think he should be AK. That's how good his targeting and conversion rate is. It's right up there with the best in the league right now. So... Uh, I think you keep playing Tyler Lock until things change. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think of the two, I'm certainly going to have some exposure to DK Metcalf, but Tyler Lock is my preferred option. Uh, we haven't projected to score more fantasy points this week. Uh, the price point is about the same. So I, I do think Lockett is the better play. Uh, one more wide receiver I want to talk about before we move on. I think this could be the Odell Beckham week. Uh, there's been a lot of weeks that I thought could have been the Odell Beckham week over the last few years. Uh, but this one I, I think could actually be the one uh, Dallas secondary has not been great this year. The other thing too, Kareem Hunt is questionable to play this week. Yeah. So we've seen the Browns, you know, run the ball a ton this year, but without Kareem Hunt, I don't know that they're just going to give Nick Chubb all of the touches. I mean, he's going to get more touches, but I think there'll be a little bit more pass happy, a plus matchup for Beckham. 5,800 is such a cheap price compared to where he's been historically. And the other thing also is that with the amount of ownership DJ Moore is projected for, these guys are right in the same price range. Odell Beckham, 5,800, DJ Moore, 56. That's the pivot I'm looking to make off of a chalky DJ Moore. How crazy am I? I, I think you're nuts. Um, just because I don't want to trust anything with the Browns passing offense. I just think it's it's not good. I know they kind of semi had a good game against it was Cincinnati, but that's Cincinnati. Dallas does have a pretty good pass rush, and that, I think that really worries me here. The Cleveland O-line is, is still bad. My pivot in this range, I would prefer Will Fuller. Um, I think the matchup is way better. I think I know everyone that goose egg game is scaring people off, but I think Fuller is going to have, I might have one of those crazy Will Fuller games here in the spot against the Minnesota secondary. It's just terrible. So I understand the back and play. It's tantalizing the upside. Seattle secondary is still not good. The injury issues, they, they looked lost out there, but I think the pressure might get to Cleveland here. And I don't want to trust Baker Mayfield right now. I, I just don't want to trust Baker Mayfield in general. So I would prefer Fuller as the pivot in this range. Understand the play. He's still Odell. It is a really good matchup, but I just don't want to target Cleveland offensive players other than like Nick Chubb. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's reasonable. Uh, I can't say I'm confident in Beckham. I just like yeah. the price point and the upside for GPPs. Upside zero. Um, yeah, and 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 also just that I'm looking for guys in the same price range as DJ Moore to pivot off. I yeah. agree with you also that Will Fuller is a good a good play there. Yeah, the, and, and a lot of the just on Will Fuller quickly. The injury news this week actually is really helpful because he sat everyone, everyone, I think half the people out there still assume he's injured. He just had a rest day. Like that's it. You know, I mean, it's still Will Fuller. He could injured, get injured in the game easily, but there's nothing, there's no lingering issues. So. 
yeah, he, he's the king of the in-game hamstring injuries. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, maybe 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 the maybe he shouldn't practice all week. Maybe that's favorable to him. It limits the risk of injury. And you know, what does he need to practice for? Just running straight downfield as fast as he can and catch exactly. long bombs from Deshaun Watson. Uh, so guys, sports are kind of starting to wrap up, but we're still gonna have football. Awesome.com. We've added an NFL Express pass. So this is gonna be a one-week pass only for $3.95. It includes everything you need for NFL showdown, single game contest. You also get access to the Osmo showdown, single game player projections, ownership projections, top plays tool. And when you purchase this pass, in addition, you get player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's our best offer for just one week, $3.95. So especially if you're somebody who you're looking to get more action, you know, baseball's ending, basketball's ending. It's just a good way to get, dip your toes into Osmo and, if you want to try out the, the the different products, the different stuff we offer on the site, it's only $3.95. It's a good way to see if you like it, and then maybe you consider upping for the rest of the year. All right, so let's get into the tight ends because uh, last week was one of the worst weeks for tight ends I could ever remember. There was Jimmy Graham had a couple of touchdowns at no ownership and was by far the highest scoring tight end on the plate. I don't even know if there was another tight end that scored 15 fantasy points off the top of my head. Like Darren Waller ended up in GPP winning lineups last week with almost zero fantasy points just because no tight end did anything. So I rem- I know that there were some people who were like, oh, how come this tight end sucked, this tight end sucks? Whoever you played at tight end last week, it probably sucked unless you played a 0.2% owned Jimmy Graham, which almost nobody did. So with that in mind, Darren Waller is projected to be pretty uh, highly owned this week, coming in at 24% ownership. I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. It was a tough matchup for him against the Patriots last week. Uh, but still every tight end sucks. So I can't read into too much of what happened last week. Uh, before that, Waller was getting a ton of targets in the passing game. The bills haven't necessarily been great against tight ends, which I, I believe you mentioned earlier. Uh, so Darren Waller, he's chalky, but I think he makes sense. And I think that he's the guy I go to in, in cash games at tight end. Yeah. Cash games. I can't really make a better argument for anyone else. Maybe Logan Thomas, just because the Redskins have like nobody else to throw to, and he's probably guaranteed nine targets again. But um, yeah, Waller definitely like, I think the upside would push me to wall. Here's my one worry about Waller. And again, there's, it's just me reading the tea leaves and watching. I, I think he's, he's a little banged up. Like he, he had some injury concerns after that big game against the saints and he didn't look that good last week. Now maybe he didn't look good last week because he was going up against the Patriots, but um it does worry me a little bit. And the thing is, I can't sit here and substantiate it and say, give you as a source or anything. So it's kind of just me watching it and what I've seen. But um, that worries me a little bit and probably going to draw me off him a little. I like paying up for some of these really low-end options. Like, I like Mark Andrews getting to him in GPPs. Again, Washington terrible against the tight end so far. They don't really have good cover linebackers. I think, again, I think if anything... Like he, he's in, uh, you know, if the Ravens want to get anyone going this week, it's Mark Andrews. He's playing over 70% of the snaps. He's playing way more snaps than he was last year. He, he should have a good connection with, with Lamar in this game. And um, again, you're going to get him at like a sub 5% ownership. So I like that. Um, and then the other play I like is TJ Hawkinson. Um, I just like, I just like the receivers and for Detroit this week a lot. Uh, you know, D- New Orleans run defense still very good, but they're so banged up. They've actually been, poor at covering tight ends as well. Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, I think is interesting, but I like Hawkinson for, for GPPs, uh, not projected with crazy ownership. Those are kind of the t- two dudes I want to pay up for instead of Waller. Um, and again, I kind of like Renfro more than Waller. So I know your take is kind of the opposite. And um, Waller for me, cash games still makes sense. He's still, he's too cheap. Like for, I, I still think the Raiders want to run their offense through him if he's healthy. So 
Um, and, and the matchup looks okay with, with Buffalo. So that's kind of my take on Waller. Probably be a fade for me in GPPs, but um, yeah, I, I can't put anyone off him at this price. Yeah, I love the ownership of Mark Andrews. I feel exactly the same to him as I do with Lamar Jackson. Is Everybody's just totally off the Ravens because of last week, which, hey, they played the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. We're supposed to think that just because the Ravens, who were one of the – I think they're still the second favorites when the Super Bowl behind the Chiefs because they had one bad game against the Chiefs last week. Just everybody's totally abandoned ship. Lamar Jackson, the unanimous MVP last year. People are like, oh, he sucks now. Mark Andrews don't want anything to do with him. It's like, oh, these guys are going to be 1 in 2% owned. Uh, I, I love them as a, as a contrarian stack. And, I mean, that's how we finish the the show is by going over our favorite stack of the week. I don't want to spoil it, but that, that's what it is for me. So uh, any any other tight ends you want to talk about before we uh, hit on defenses for the last couple minutes of the show? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the, look, I think Logan Thomas is interesting cheap uh, as a cheap option. I, I do think the targets will be there. He'll get into the end zone again. He's not like super, super upside though. Like he doesn't have like great speed or anything. He's not doing anything great on the field. He's just getting targets. Um, I don't really have like a ton of low owned option or low price options. I do think this is a really good spot for you to try and get like pay out for one of these loaned uh, sort of semi studs and GPPs. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I think this is a pretty good week to spread at tight end, especially after we saw last week where it was it was just a total wasteland. So spread around, I think it's a good position to do that. There's no one play that really stands out. I like Darren Waller. He's also going to be chalky, so I'm not going to be alone in that. Uh, getting into the defenses, another position that we both say that we generally like to spread around a lot. Um, I think that it always makes sense for roster defenses against the Giants. Their offensive line is so bad this year. And Daniel Jones is so prone to turnovers. He can't go a half without throwing an interception, without just dropping the ball in the backfield. He threw a pitch away last week. I, I think the Giants are going to give up a ton of defensive points. And eventually teams are going to score touchdowns against them because there's no way that you could turn the ball over two to three times a game, give up that many sacks, and it doesn't lead to, to touchdowns. Uh, it's always not necessarily my favorite uh, to pay up for a defense, but I do think the Rams make a little bit of sense. I can see Aaron Donald causing a ton of issues for the Giants. Yeah, and I know uh, I know I brought up the Colts as kind of a contrarian play. It wasn't like a high conviction play, but it did work out last week. I mean, yeah, for sure. One thing I'll say about the NFL is there's a lot of parity, or not a lot of non-parity right now. Like there's a lot of weaker teams, and then you have a, a lot of teams that are actually playing pretty well. And the Rams definitely involved, like should be in that that upper tier category. They don't have a ton of injury issues. Um, you know, they, they've got good depth at, at like running back and some of the skilled positions. And um, you know they're playing pretty well. Like this, this should be a blowout. That's kind of why. That's my take on Daryl Henderson as well. Like I, why I like him. I think he's going to get a, a lot of touches. I don't think the Rams are going to have to throw the ball that much. So, um, yeah, I like it. If there's anyone I'm paying up for, I definitely prefer paying up for the Rams versus the Ravens. Um, I just think that the the Rams are a better defense. I think they got more chance to uh, to kind of come through with with some big plays from a guy like Ramsey or, or Aaron Donald, obviously. So. I like it. Absolutely. That would be the one I would be paying up for. Um, again, not a, not a whole ton of standouts though, for me on defense, like generally there's a couple low owned options I can get excited about, but you know, are, are like, are you interested in anyone down there? Like 2k? I mean, is the dolphins a play? I mean, their defense looked okay last week and the, the, the Seahawks are a little banged up. I mean, I don't know. Is See, it... here's, here's the issue with, me with these chief defenses. They're all in such tough matchups. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, like a lot of times we've had, you know, at least defense like week one, we had Washington playing against the Eagles, where yeah. it's like, hey, they're 2100. They're not projected for any ownership. But the Eagles, I don't think they're going to blow the doors off anybody this year. This week, like you said, I mean, we have the 
we have the Dolphins at mid price, but they're playing the Seahawks. I don't really want to make I don't want to make a habit of going up against Russell Wilson. He almost never turns the ball over. Uh, I mean, he did throw that pick six against the Patriots in week two, but beyond and that, that it, yeah, beyond, beyond that, it was on a draw pass also. Beyond yeah. that, it isn't really he isn't really an issue. The Lions defense, they kind of stink. And yeah. I mean, they're 2,200 going up against the Saints. I think the Saints are just going to be dumping the ball to Alvin Kamara a ton. I don't know. I, there's, it's hard for me to find a cheap defense I could really get behind this week. Yeah, I, I think for me it might be the Lions just because the Saints, so many injury issues, and Drew Brees really limited. So I think that would be the one I would pay up for versus the Dolphins, or pay up for, pay down for, excuse me, yeah. versus the Dolphins. And again, this is not a high-confidence play. This is just I want to pay down for defense and just roll with that variance on D and hope I get a tip pass or something. Or, you know, Drew Brees just, like, forgets how to throw the ball for one throw and we get a pick six. That's that's the only thing, right? Like that, but I, I think I would rather do that with the Lions at home, I, just because the Saints are so banged up, and I don't think their offense is anywhere near the same without Michael Thomas. So that's probably the cheap defense I look for. But it's very, it's, it's even lower conviction than normal um, this week. Uh, kind of in that mid tier, the Bengals and, and Jacksonville. You can make a case for either of them, quite frankly. Probably maybe a little bit more on the Bengals side. Um, but, um, you know, just targeting like those weaker games with a slower pace. I don't hate that. I think, I think the, the, the kind of more mid tier one is the Colts. Obviously I really, the, I think the Colts defense is extremely good this year. I don't love the fact that, uh, that obviously Foles is starting over Trubisky, but I, I still, I still like the, the Colts enough that I think they're a good, like kind of mid mid upper tier option. All right, so let's close this out here, Jeff. I've already tipped my hand. I've shown my cards. I like Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews is my favorite GPP stack of the week. It's just the ownership's too low. 1% on, on Lamar Jackson, 2% on Mark Andrews. The upside there is so good. And even if the Washington defense has made improvements from last year, which I think they have, the absence of Chase Young is going to make a big difference. It's just too low of ownership for, for players that have that high of upside. Who are you going with for your stack of the week? I'm going to go with uh, with that Saints-Lions game. I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. Uh, I think you pair him with, you know, Hawkinson and then one of his receivers, or maybe just go both receivers. There's so many injuries for the Saints. Both their starting corners are out. Marvin Jones, we know he can catch touchdowns. Hawkinson's been getting way more consistent targeting. Love that stack. Obviously, you play Kamara on the other side, too. I love it. That will end the show, guys. Uh, before you head out, hit the thumbs up button. Also, check out that NFL Express Pass if you're looking for some football content for the rest of the season. That will do it for us.